business, what makes it work, if there was one thing that could make your business better this year, one thing that you could apply right now that would make your business grow even faster, and if you're starting a business, what do you need to do to make sure that it is successful? And there's probably a thousand answers to that. But I'm going to give you one that's been really helpful for me and added massive value to my business career and the businesses that I've been involved in. And it's also something that most people don't do. And that's one of the fundamentals, of course, of any business is what do you do differently from everybody else? What's unique, different, memorable about your business so that people, or you, don't, you can't get lost in the crowd. If people remember you, if you do something unique that nobody else does, then of course you're much easier to remember and more likely to be in the forefront of people's minds. So this is really interesting coming from an old lady who's lived on the planet a long time, and this might sound a little bit old-fashioned. But one of the things that seems to be missing from most businesses now is kindness, respect, and just plain old good manners. <laughs> uh, and I would call it common sense and logic, but obviously common sense is not very common anymore. Is it possible that if you have a client, a customer, somebody comes into your business, would it be a really good idea to learn their name, find out about them, and then follow up on them? Uh, and I'm going to ask this as a, it, it almost sounds like a ridiculous question, but when was the last time you went into a business where somebody asked for your name and used your name, then found out exactly why you, why you had come into that business, not told you what they did or why, how long they've been in business for or how good their product is or why you should buy their product, but actually found out why you came into their business and what you actually want. And whether you bought their product or service or not, whether you signed up or not, whether you gave them money or not, did they follow up on you? So did they call you the next day or send you a text message or a message to say thank you for coming into our store or into our or contacting our business? It was really nice to get to know you. And they used something personal about the conversation that they had had with you so that you felt like you were important to their business. Now, for me, that sounds like common sense and logic. But if I ask myself that question, when was the last time I went into a business where they actually asked me my name, used my name, found out why I came into the business, my reason for coming in, and then followed up on me, not even just the next day, but maybe the next month and the next year, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I've been in, I'm sure you've had this experience where have you been into businesses where they've, they've asked for your name and halfway through the conversation they have to ask you again because they've already forgotten. And the next time you go into the business, if you ever do go back there, uh, they have to ask you for their name again and there was certainly no follow-up between the first visit and the second visit. Uh, can I ask personally... Uh, wouldn't that just be a nice thing to do rather than, oh, Rowie's teaching us a business strategy that's going to help us make money? And that, and it will, I promise. If you, if you use somebody's name, find out why they came into your business or why they want to buy your product or service, and you keep in contact with them and keep following up on them, that will help your business grow. There's no doubt about that. That's just, that just makes sense, doesn't it? But it, why would you do that? Are you doing that because you want to make more money or are you doing that because you're a really nice person? So I was taught a very long time ago, and I'm going to say I think I was originally taught this in church, maybe in school, and certainly from my parents, 
that the sweetest sound of, that anybody will ever hear is the sound of their own name. And I'll just give you a bit of a side note on that. If you have a partner and they start calling you by somebody else's name, how would your relationship be going? Our name is really important. It's how we identify. So if I want people to, uh, if I want them to know that I, I want them to feel special and feel important in my life, wouldn't I call them by their name? We're given that at birth, our name, most of us. Uh, so that's really important. Now, the interesting uh, business strategy to this is that once you've got somebody's name, uh, wouldn't you record it somewhere? Uh, and not just their name, of course, but wouldn't it be good to have their at least their email address, their telephone number, and other ways of contacting them? Because how can you do the follow-up if you don't know their name and you don't know how to contact them in the future? So if I learn somebody's name and then I find out where they live or their email address or their telephone number, and I used to always, in, in my health clubs, it was always about... I would never let somebody leave my health club without getting their address, not their email address. Because first of all, when I started in the exercise profession many moons ago, I remember I'm a very old lady, there was no email, there was only snail mail. So I always had people's home address or their business address. And I always followed up with a personal letter, always. Uh, thank you for coming to my health club. It was lovely to see you. Thank you for coming to my class. I really appreciate it. And I often tell that story. The first class I ever taught in a commercial facility, I only had three people in my class, but I was getting paid, not on, on salary or wages, but I was getting paid by how many extra people came to my class than the average number of people that were already coming. Now, my first class, I had three people. It was a Sunday, I call it Sparkle Day Sunday morning. And Sparkle Day Sunday morning, there were only three people on average coming to that class. But I found out their names, easy when there's only three people. I found out their favorite drink, their favorite lolly, their favorite music. And I sent them a personal note after they left the class. Now, I didn't have, even have a computer to go to. I went to a box of cards. I found the person. Obviously, I knew their name because I'd asked their name and remembered it. And I know it's easier when there's only three people. But then I wrote them a handwritten note, hand addressed with a stamp on it. My suggestion is a coloured envelope. Thank you for coming to my class. I'd love to see you next week. Please bring a friend. And because I knew what their favourite drink was and their favourite lolly was and their favourite music, I made sure that I had that there for them next week. Now, I'm sharing all of this with you because I was only, I ran away from home at 14 and 9 months, and that's a very specific number because I knew that in, in New South Wales, which I ran from Victoria to New South Wales, I was living in Australia, you had to be 15 to work. So I was really excited to be 15 so that I could legally work. Uh, I started doing that when I was 14 and nine months, not because somebody taught me, not because somebody told me that it was a good thing to do, not because somebody told me it was a great way to grow your business. To me, it was just the right thing to do. Thank you for coming to my class, and I'd love to see you again next week. Now, as I've shared often, that three people average class turned into 30 people, turned into 100 people, and often more than 100 people were coming on a Sunday morning to my class. Because is it possible they felt special. They felt like somebody cared about them. Now, I'm going to sound a bit crass when I say this, but when people share or ask me, Rowie, can you please share what's the difference between a personal trainer and a top-level exercise professional? What's the difference between a fitness instructor and a personal exercise coach? And I, you always use this expression, the person who gives a shit. 
if you show that you genuinely care about a person, it's not about having a client, making money, having a business, it's this individual person and they feel special and important, is it possible that they'll want to keep coming? They won't want to go to another club, another gym, another class, go and see another exercise person. They'll want to be with you because you give a shit about them. And I use that expression for a reason, because when I finally had the courage to start asking people, why do you come and train with me? Or why do you come to my classes? Or why did you join my gym? That was the main response, Rowie, because you give a shit. We come here because you give a shit. You actually care about us. And I can't teach that, of course, if you don't care about people and you've just got a business for the sake of having a business and making money, it's very unlikely that that will ever come across, even if you put the systems in place. So if you learn people's names, do personal follow-up, keep in contact with them. And the suggestion by the behavioral scientists, by the experts, is if somebody comes into your business and you're not contacting them at least three times a year, whether they bought your product or service or not, Uh, And that's interesting because if you've got somebody's name and you've got their address, very easy to keep in contact. So, of course, you could send a Christmas card. You could send an Easter card. Ideally, if you've got their date of birth, of course, you could send a birthday card and or you could send something special. Uh, If you've got the names of their children, the names of their pets now and you've got their address, if somebody comes into your business and they haven't bought anything from you or if they have bought something from you, instead of sending a letter to them, how about a letter to their dog? Now, I've got little broody running around my house. I would, just, I would pee my pants with excitement. If I went into a business today, there he is, he's off to get a drink. If I went into a business today and I didn't buy from them, but in a couple of days' time I got a personal letter, not to me, but to Brutus, dear Brutus, Your mum came into our shop yesterday or the day before and it was really awesome to meet her. She said that uh, you were her favourite puppy dog because you've been living with her for the last 20 years. Here's a couple of doggy treats to say thank you to your mum for having you for 20 years and for coming into our business. Now, I I repeated all of that just off the top of my head. But that's called a wow experience. That's unique and that's memorable and people just don't do that. Now, from a purely business perspective, setup point of view and business strategy, if I've got two businesses, let's say somebody wants to buy your business and we'll just, I'm going to use the exercise profession, let's say you've got two gyms, two personal training studios and they both have the same number of clients with the same number of dollar amount turnover, the same amount of profit but one of those studios has a database of 100 people and the other one has the database of 100,000 people. Which one of those businesses is going to be worth more money to sell? How, which one's going to get more money when you go to sell the business? Of course, a database is worth a lot of money. If you go a step further, uh, the, the biggest companies in the world right now, when you look at Apple, Google, Facebook, uh, YouTube, all of the big social media companies, they don't even call themselves social media companies. If you talk to the people that run those businesses, they call themselves data collection businesses because the more data you have, the more information you have on somebody, the more you can sell them. Now, I don't like that concept of business, but if you want to make money, you can't uh, inspire people to buy a product or service if you don't know anything about them. So the more you find out about somebody and keep a record of that, the more you can Uh, inspire people to buy your product or service. So from a health club perspective, and I use this as a simple personal example, uh, those cards 
which then transferred onto a computer file because yes, I have been around for a long time and we did have to put all of our data onto computer. Everything we knew about somebody from the day they started at the health club. So how often they came to the club, what was their favorite music, what kind of classes did they do, how many sessions a week did they do. That was all recorded originally on paper, on card, and then obviously in a computer file. Which means that if I ran a seminar on pregnancy, I would know that about each one. I could send a personal handwritten note to all the, the people who were likely to get pregnant at my health club or had people in their family who were considering getting pregnant. If I ran a, an, a seminar on athletes and, and sports performance, I knew who my athletes were, who my coaches were, who my parents were that had kids that were doing sport, so I could then send, send them Brutus back. I would love to get a letter for Brutus. That would just make my day. It would be so awesome. <laughs> um, I can then keep in contact with people because I've got their information. I've collected their data. So I've been doing that for now for 40 years, uh, well before Google ever, ex ever existed, well before Facebook ever existed. But those big companies now pride themselves on data collection. It's why when you, for the very first time, you Google going on holidays to Italy, have you noticed now that every five seconds something pops up on every piece of social media that you own on a trip to Italy? If you Googled buying sports shoes, now every ad for sports shoes comes up on your personal social media because they collect your data, which means they can sell you more stuff. Uh, if you're not doing that in your business, first of all, I think it's good manners. Beautiful manners, use people's name, ask them what they want, keep in contact with them and treat them like beautiful human beings. From a business perspective, you've got to have a, the larger the database, the more, the more your business is worth. So if you don't collect people's information, your business will be worth less. And how do you keep in contact with somebody if you haven't got their contact information? And if you keep in contact with somebody, and I'll give you another example of that. I had a lady come into my health club one day and she just threw cash on the, on the front desk. And at the time, I think a membership was $500 a year. You couldn't do automatic debit. And she just threw the $500 on the desk. She said, I'm sick of hearing from you. You send me newsletters, you send me birthday cards, you send me Christmas cards. I hear from you all the time. I'm sick of it. I get the message, join me up. <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if people gave a shit wouldn't it be nice if people cared about us cared about us enough to invite us back to the business if we haven't bought from them keep inviting us to their business because we are valued customers what makes you feel like a valued customer or client uh, I, I don't anymore I have, I have no businesses that I can say I feel really valued because they keep in contact with me. They know my dog's names. They know my birthday. They contact me at Christmas. And I'm not talking about a, a automatic mail out. I hate those things. I really hate them. And I will share that with you as a very personal side note. If you are my student and you get an email from me with your name on it, it's from me to you. It's not a group email. A group email from me looks like this, Dear Exercise Professional or Dear Professional of Business. Uh, I send group emails because I have information I send out every day. But if, if your email's got your name on it, it's because it's personal from me. Some people say to me, oh, Rowie, I never return your texts because I know that they're just group texts. Well, I don't know how to send a group text for a start and I don't want to learn because if I send you an, a, a text message, it's from me to you. It's personal. Now, I get that now that doesn't happen very often so people don't think, oh, well, there's plenty of uh, uh, 
CRM uh, customer retention membership programs. There's plenty of database programs that will do automatic mail-outs for you so that you don't have to do any of that yourself. And I bloody hate them, and I hate getting them, don't you? I'll give you another example of that. I got a letter once back in the old days of snail mail, and the letter said, Dear Mail Merge. So it didn't have my name on it because they hadn't printed it properly. Perhaps they hadn't collected my name, but they sent and must have had my address. So they sent me a letter anyway, but in, it was dear and in brackets, mail merge. So they were just doing a whole heap of, of letters on a mail merge on the computer program. Not very personal. What could you do in your business this year to make every single one of your current customers and clients feel valued and important and what could you do from this day forward to make sure that every one of your new customers and clients feel valued and important? Do you know their name? And this is the thing that I always ask, particularly businesses that come to me and say, Rowie, I need your help. I don't have enough clients. I don't have enough customers. My business is not going as well as it should. What should I do? My question is always this. How, show me your database. <laughs> Do you know some businesses don't have a database? I asked some health club owners, show me your database and your current active members. How many of your members are coming to the gym at least three times a week, for example? And they have no record of that. So they can't, they can't keep in contact with somebody to say, I haven't seen you at the gym for the last two weeks. I miss you, which is one of the personal letters I used to send out to all of my members who hadn't been to the gym for two weeks. I'd say, what's going to happen to your muscles and your bones and, the, and your outcome and your results if you miss two weeks of exercise? Where are you? We miss you. Please come call me, contact me, let me know that you're okay. If you don't keep that information, you, don't, you can't ask that question. Not very nice to send out a mail merge letter or email to them either. There are plenty of computer programs that will automatically send out an email to somebody to say, we haven't seen you at the gym for two weeks. But it's not very nice if it's not personal. So what are you doing? What could you do to make people feel like they are really important to your business, that you give a shit about them, that you care about them, their family, their children, their pets? So they feel like this is a place where, and as the Starbucks people would put it, it's a third place. We, according to the book, The Third Place, we all have three places that we feel really safe and comfortable and that we really love to be. One of them should be our home. One of them should be the place that we do business, where we work. And the other one should be something that, that makes us feel like an important, special human being. Now, for some people, that's church. It's a sporting club. It's the pub. It could be their gym. But what about your business? How are you making people feel special? How are you making them feel important? How are you making them feel valued? And if you, if you collect information on people, not by a survey that you hand out a piece of paper, if you have a personal conversation with somebody and they share with you that they like rock climbing or water skiing or they've got three children or they, they want to travel to Europe this year or they, they've got a personal um, passion for art or that they, they love cats why not record that information keep a file on each person a i give a shit file uh, google and, and apple and youtube and and all of the social media platforms they are doing that with everything about you doesn't matter what what time of the day what it is that you looked at where did you look at it they're keeping that information so they can sell you more stuff well i'm not asking you to do this to sell more stuff but is it possible that if you show that kind of care for your customers and clients, 
that your business will grow. People will say, wow, they remembered my birthday. Wow, they remembered my kids' names. Wow, they know that I've got a dog. Wow, they remembered that I like to do rock climbing and they've sent me this rock climbing magazine. One of the things that I used to do at the local newsagent, uh, when a magazine comes to its end, when it's, you know the next one's come in, they're often in, in the uh, newsagent on consignment. Well, I would say, can I have... A, of all the all my members at the gym that like rock climbing or motorbikes or cars or or science i would get those magazines and make sure that when my members came to the gym when my clients came to do personal exercise coaching if they liked rock climbing there was a rock climbing magazine on the table if they liked uh, prestige cars there was a prestige car magazine on the table if their favorite music was uh, opera we would have opera playing when they came to the health club if I had 30 people in my class I knew that the, the one favorite song for each of those people so at least one time during the class we would have one of their songs playing or I would I would make mention that John's favorite song is uh, and I always laugh because my first class that I asked that question the man said Engelbert Humperdinck and I had to go and buy an Engelbert Humperdinck album so that I could play an Engelbert Humperdinck song the next class now I couldn't stream it back then I was only 15 years of age I had 14 and nine months I had to buy the album and then uh, play it on the record player and then record it onto the tape deck and then play it in the class uh, people say to me, Rowie, how can you be successful in business? How, can, how did you do it? You're a multi-millionaire, uh, and that was, that's always the joke. How did you do that? You're a woman with blonde hair from a low socioeconomic area where nobody's got any money, and you became a multi-millionaire from the exercise profession. You're on the BRW Young Rich list. Your business was the fastest growing in Australia on the top 100 list two years in a row. How the hell did you do that? And it's not that hard. <laughs> Give a shit. Find out people's names. Find out why they came into your business. It's called the W questions. What exactly do you want? Why do you want it? Where do you want it? When do you want it? How will you feel if you get it? How will you feel if you don't get it? I'll ask that question again. When people, when people's businesses are struggling, I always ask that question. Of all your clients, can you share with me what their number one goal is, why they want to achieve that goal, where they want to achieve it, when they want to achieve it, how they'll feel when they do achieve it, and are you using those words when they exercise with you? How will they feel if they don't achieve it, and are you using those words when they exercise with you? Are they on track or off track to achieving those goals? Do you know what their personal philosophy is? So what are they prepared to do to achieve their goals? And do you know exactly what they want from you? to make sure that they achieve their goals. And then do you know their kids' names and their pets' names and their favourite sport and their favourite alcohol and the favourite place they like to go to, to eat? And do you know all about them so they feel like you care about them? And can I share with you how many times people just look at me like I'm from some other planet? What do you mean I should know the names of my members? What do you mean I should know what their goals are? What do you mean I should know whether or not they've got kids or not? I'll give you two really interesting examples to that. One was a young man who complained to me that he didn't have any clients or didn't have enough clients. And I asked him, he pulled out his list of clients, and I said, out of these people, what does this man do? And he didn't even know what that man did for a living. He couldn't tell me. He said, oh, I think he does something in the corporate world, but he didn't have a clue. The really embarrassing one, I was in a health club, and I was uh, chatting. I love to go and chat to people on the gym floor. But there was a group of trainers there, personal trainers, and I said, I want to go and talk to that guy over there. What's his goal? 
and the trainer said to me, I think he wants to run a marathon. I said, is he your client? And he said, yeah, I think he wants to run a marathon. Now, if, if you have a client and you're an exercise, personal exercise coach, shouldn't you know what the goal, exact goal is? And if it's a marathon, when exactly are they going to run it and where exactly are they going to run it? And are they excited about running it the whole bit? But this guy, this trainer said to me, yeah, that's my client. I think he wants to run a marathon. So I went to that man and I said, I'm really excited. Your trainer told me that you're, you're keen to run a marathon. When's your first marathon going to be? And he said to me, it was last week. His trainer didn't even know that his number one goal was yes. It was his driving force. And I had this lovely conversation with him about all the reasons why marathon was so important to him. He had a really good friend who died of cancer, who wanted to run marathon and didn't get a chance to do it. So he was running the marathon for his mate and his trainer didn't even know. And in that same breath, in that same experience, that trainer said to me that they didn't have enough clients and that they didn't think it was possible to be successful as an exercise professional. How ridiculous. I hope I don't sound uh, angry because I'm not. I'm just, to me, it's just common sense. If you want clients, if you want to attract more people into your business, if you want your business to grow, why are you even in business unless you care about the people that you want to sell your product or service to? The fundamentals of business is to do what you're passionate about, be the best in the world at it for your customers and clients, and then add massive value to their lives. And how could you do that? How could you add massive value to somebody's life if you don't know what their name is and you don't know when was the last time they came into your business, you don't know where, they're, where, where you can contact them with some kind of special message? It's a really simple process. If you want to have a business that's, that's saleable, you need to have a big database. Businesses with the biggest databases are worth more money than businesses that don't have a database. Businesses that collect the most data on their clients are worth more money than the businesses that don't. But I'm hoping that you don't do, do, that, do anything for that reason. I'm hoping that you're in business because you care about your customers and clients. You want to find out, find out about them and what their goals are. You want to help them achieve their goals. And is it possible then that you won't even ever need to talk to me about a customer client referral system or a marketing system or a how do I get more people to come into my business because you'll have so many people raving about you because you do it so uniquely different to any other business. So do you know people's names? Do you know why they're in your business? And then do you follow up? And how can you follow up if you don't have their details? Be the unique, different and memorable business who actually gives a shit. Couldn't that be a good idea? Mm -hmm.